<laughs> um, but uh, shoot, where was I going with that? I guess this is why I'm ranked bottom, huh? Oh no! <laughs> oh god! It comes back. <laughs> I don't know, man. If it makes you feel better, I put you all at number one. Um, let's so we're see. all last, wanna... is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome back to the game club, or welcome? Wow, I shouldn't assume, should I? Um, especially with something that only has seven downloads. Uh, but anyways, this week James picked the Gardens Between. Uh, which is a cool indie-ish, smaller studio, small experience uh, puzzle game. I don't know if it's indie. I don't know what that term means anymore. It doesn't matter. And the and the sort of idea behind it is that it's going to get at the experience of moving away when you're a kid. So try to get at through weird puzzles that are sort of like reliving the memories these two children had together um, before one of them has to pack up and get out. And it's just a beautiful little thing. Um, Obviously, people have some things to say about certain aspects of it, you know, namely the puzzle design or whatever. Um, and it does a lot of messing with perspective and messing with time and uh, some things like that. And uh, you either liked that or you didn't. So fair enough. Let's hear what people had to say. All right, let's do it. Now recording. Okay. So, right. James, tell us about Dota Auto Chess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's not Dota at all, and it's not chess at all. That's a good start. Is it automatic at least? It is automatic, yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The fucking... I'm just going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> what a good review. I was going to say, really selling it well right there. <laughs> So scale of no, one it's, to I'm going to quit. Really, it's Where a would really, you put it's that a game? really cool game. It's um, it's uh, like strategic, and there's basically no way for me to explain it without you guys actually looking at what's going on. Um, is it played but, within Dota? Is it like one of the custom game modes? Yeah, it's it's a custom uh, map. Uh, but it's like, it's like a a strategy, like turn based economy game. Huh. Um, also, how ironic is it that Dota 2 now has custom maps? Yeah, right. I'm waiting for someone to make Warcraft 3 in Dota 2. Sorry, I forgot to do this. <laughs> 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 Whoops. All right. Awesome. Um, I Yeah, I, I think that's hilarious. That uh, the Dota now has, like... And, and there's, like, 150,000 concurrent people... In auto chess, so it's like, I think it's like bigger than Dota right now. Huh. That's fucking weird. How is that possible? <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to get in on this Dota auto chess thing now. Wow, that's a bandwagon approach right the there. cool kids. Yeah, you know, I played Fortnite <laughs> before it was cool, and actually, no, it just never was. Wow. It's just bad. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Fortnite, when it was first coming up, like, before it was popular, I thought it had a cool mechanic. Like, I really didn't like the shooting at the time, but the mechanic of, like, building stuff was was cool, for sure. Yeah, the shooting was was a mess, and the building was like, hey, this could be interesting. And then you see someone who's, like, using wooden bricks to fly through the air and block individual bullets, and it's like, ah, I see what this game is, and I don't want, uh, I yes. want no part of it. <laughs> yeah, you're like uh, the yes, Silver Surfer, not dude. a game for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you were literally Silver Surfing, but, like, with, like, wood. Like, through the sky. Like, it's pretty badass. Um, it's cool, it but it requires 
like the the technical capability of, of some kind of mentat to pull off. <laughs> yeah, and then they were like, let's release it on phones. It's like, how are they doing this on phones? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is going on? All right, so how's everyone's week, right? I know we kind of went over it before the show, but just like if anyone has anything like really superficial to say, you know, that doesn't really explain anything about their life, um, that sort of boils down to like, it's been good. Uh, now would be the time. Oh, well, you know, it's been good. Hmm. Yeah, you I know, think, sometimes uh, there's ups and downs. I think but it's, it's been great. Good. It was cold as hell. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It was a lot colder for people in the Midwest than it was for me, but my job is being outside, so I was, I that was, was pretty rough. I've been reading about climate change lately, which is a mistake. Um, and so I was worried that we wouldn't have a winter. And then we had a winter and I was like, ah, well, that's a relief. And then I looked at the why and I'm like, ah, just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that reminds me of like the people that are like that classic meme picture of that girl with like a freaking rifle. And she's like out in the snow or something. And she's like, where's the global warming here? <laughs> you guys see that picture? Yeah. I don't even know if she even said that. Like, that seems like something the internet just created. I don't really I know. I just don't but even like is, to just... give that girl attention because that's all she craves is just attention. Is she, a re- is she real? Yeah, she's oh, yeah. real. Like, she just really likes like to piss dad. off the quote unquote liberal snowflakes. But like, there's stuff that aren't even related. Like, why are you out in the snow with an AR-15 about global warning. Are you going to shoot the climate? Like, what is going on? Why are you... Why is how we stop it? (laughs) (laughs) Shoot the clouds. God, that seems really unsafe. Um. (laughs) But what actually is going on? What the fuck? No, but that's interesting, though. I did not realize that she was actually real. I guess I didn't really follow. I just saw the picture, and I'm like, okay, so someone on the internet took a picture of someone like that, and they just, like, pasted a caption. But no. They're an actual person. Well, good for them. She I mean, just like trolling is troll. like a whole big thing. People just like to make the other side, quote unquote, angry. And it's like, I, of course, like people, we all went to hippie college, except except maybe Gabe. But um, like, is that your name? I realize we never actually use names here. And yes. so I'm worried. That, okay, cool. <laughs> Cut that out. Get it out and post. We're all best friends. <laughs> I should have just kept name? going forward without revealing my ignorance there. Um. But like, We've been introducing ourselves at the beginning Tell of every about. podcast, Adam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be Oof. fair, we haven't gotten there yet in this one. So, you know, maybe if you have goldfish-like memory, it's okay. Hey, you know, I think Starseed Pilgrim would be a fun game to play. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, but, yeah, it's like but all sides are, you know, everyone kind of does this. Everyone has their in-group and their out-group, and they, they want to make the out, they want to, you know, stick it to the out-group. Ha <laughs> ha, take that. Um, so it, it's just a thing that people do and it's like, hmm, I wish we wouldn't, but humans are broken. Yeah. Just long live the AI, right? If we can get there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I don't know. We don't need to go on the, on the AI tangent, especially cause I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But, um, but isn't that the hot take that everyone's looking for? The guy who has no idea what he's talking about, talking about AI. Cause that's what I seem to see on the news a lot. I've never um, seen I've never seen someone do that before. Actually, please tell me your opinions on AI and how you think AI works. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is always like that where you're just like, wait, are, I don't think am I misunderstanding this or are we way off from that? And they're like, yeah, man, and then it's gonna be like Tomb Raider or wait, 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 sorry, what is it? Terminator? <laughs> it's gonna be like Tomb Raider. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure Laura gonna Raider come in. There's like some kind of Mayan ancient AI that. Like fucking what? 
<laughs> yeah, the, it's actually the device that understands when you take the the gold statue off of its like pedestal that it knows to like send a, a like a ball rolling to try to kill you like Indiana Jones style. Like that is actually a Mayan AI. Um, yeah. So actually, this is something that I wanted to bring up last week, but I don't think I actually did. Um, but this is kind of related to Tacoma and just something that you guys may find interesting um, if we do, particularly if we do other sci-fi things. Um, but there's this website called Atomic Rockets uh, that is a resource for sci-fi writers um, that basically goes into like how a lot of the technology and science actually works and what it means like from a writing perspective and how you can mm-hmm. kind of use that. And a lot of it's like, yeah, you know, a lot of times it's really convenient to break some of these rules, but this is, these are the implications of when you break those rules. Um, like they have one on faster than light tech, faster than light stuff. And it's like, yeah, we're only really allowed to have two of these three things. Um, causality, faster than light travel. And, um, uh, one other thing that we really like having, uh, like time or something. Um, but yeah, Atomic Rockets is a cool resource if you want to get into that stuff, and I think they probably have some stuff on AI there. But Cool. Yeah, that is cool. I, I definitely thought your points last week about what it means to be like a, a, like a writer of, of science fiction and how you have to try to like make sure that the, the people in the story aren't just like pointing out their incredible tech because they wouldn't. <laughs> um, no, it's kind of interesting to like think about that and then like rethink about a lot of the science fiction that you have seen that does that well and that doesn't do that well um, but anyways yeah. maybe we introduce ourselves what do you think so that way Adam can know our fucking names um, I'm McCoy <laughs> um, yeah uh, I don't, I'm not going to go into huge in depth about myself you'll learn throughout the podcast what I'm like and whether you like me or not and uh, please leave in the comments whether you want me kicked off the show because uh, that's a running joke in Gabe and I's <laughs> playthroughs of like all of our comments are just going to be like yeah can you kick McCoy off this um, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's possible I think it's harder than they think so we'll need a lot of signatures anyways um, let's move to Adam you want to introduce yourself uh yeah so i'm adam thanks for stealing my thunder there mccoy um you're welcome and uh i don't know I've, i hmm, i don't know what else to say about myself i don't know what is pertinent to this and, and what is not i guess as far as games that i will make you guys play i'm gonna make you guys play weird shit um like starseed pilgrim which i wonder if we're ever gonna actually release that episode um, yeah we are i have it yes Oh, okay, cool. So people can people can know how much you guys hated Cersei Pilgrim. Yeah, we uh, have to for the for the sort of uh, narrative completeness of the, the podcast. The continuity you know? we wouldn't want continuity yes. errors in our podcast. No. So it's recorded by Craig though, so the, the audio quality is lesser. But whatever. So <laughs> I just did what I could to clean it up, and we'll definitely put it out. Yeah. Anyway, awesome. so that's all you know about me is that my name is Adam, and I made these guys play Cersei Pilgrim, and I'm gonna make them play more weird shit like that later. Woo. Very yeah. good. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, I'm James. Um, I'm the second worst on the show, according to one of McCoy's friends. <laughs> Wait, hold on. When, where was this ranking? Why was I not informed? Am I the worst? Is this why I wasn't yes. informed? Yeah, actually, the ranking was pretty intense. Should I go over it now? So basically what it was, uh, was a friend of ours named Matt, um, and he ranked everyone on the show, which is just like his style of like going through things, which is just so funny because obviously, you know, as Gabe and I have done plenty of talking, right, to sort of, um, I guess, intellectually, like, put up barriers between breaking down crying due to the rankings, um, we've sort of discussed that, you know, it's not really about that, you know, it's more like, you know, friends, and we're hanging out, we're all contributing or whatever and all that stuff, but um, but it's just funny to, to think about the concept of a ranking. 
So what he had was he had Gabe number one, and he said, while your comments are slight uh, or few and far between, they are funny and the people laugh. Um, That's how you know he's full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So that was that, that, right? And then number two was shit. Gabe, help me out. Uh, Craig? I, no. I want to <laughs> say Craig. I think it was. <laughs> wow. I think it was, uh, I think it was Adam. Okay. No, I thought. Okay. Yeah. I thought Adam was the lowest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. It might have been Zoe or it might have been. I think it was I think you, it might have been Zoe. It was me. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But so basically it was something along the lines that we'll have to get him on the show and, and just grill his ass for this. Um, but, uh, I think it was something on the lines of, yeah, Gabe, then maybe me, then Zoe, then I think James, then Adam, or Adam, then James, and I'm not totally clear. Um, I think it was me, then Adam. Well, I wouldn't you like to <laughs> that's think that? My, um, <laughs> that's my recollection. No, but see, the point is, it's just hilarious, because I he has some criteria for each, and I think... I feel like there's a lot of bias there because like he places the two people that are his, like his best friends up higher, which is like a very reasonable thing to do. But I just I think based on his criteria, I think Gabe and I needs to be lower. But it's you know, <laughs> definitely, I mean, yeah. Oh, also, God, so was... here's my question: Did anyone ask Matt for this? No. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he definitely said I talked over people a lot, which is true. Um, but then he placed me highly. So you know what I mean? This is where I feel like the bias is coming in. Um, so why was I ranked either second or bottom? I'm oh, curious. I think it's because he hates you. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, that's reasonable. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Sure. I don't remember. We got to like, okay. Side note, uh, special episode, 100th episode. We go back to Matt and get him to release the tier list with annotated sort of reasons. Um, Excellent. This is a good idea. But yeah, so it just led to a lot of side conversations where Gabe and I were arguing over things, like joking around and then like slowly just putting each other like higher on the list. Um, although I guess Gabe <laughs> can't go higher um, to number one. But uh, yeah, let's do this uh, this game thing. Um, let's see. Yeah. So James, do you want to give us a little mini, mini rundown? On so you're just going to skip uh, Zoe and I introducing ourselves? Okay. Apparently. Oh, shit. Yeah. We're just going to be <laughs> like <laughs> mystery. And That's moving on. Appropriate, dude. Oh, God. Yeah. No wonder you're ranked Oh, bottom. God. Uh. <laughs> well nobody even knows your names anyways so all right fine so zoe uh introduce yourself please hi i'm zoe i apparently like to be forgotten by these assholes and uh Ouch. yeah i like to commentate about wow. games My game your game. turn I, I uh i also like to be forgotten by these guys so we can uh, we can share in that. Wow, it's a good thing you guys you like that because one. yeah, <laughs> because it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah. So James, uh, what is the game that you picked, and why did you why did you make us play this? Uh, so the game that I picked was the Gardens Between, and that was because it looked like it might be a fun puzzle game, um, and McCoy had posted it in the chat. Interesting oh, use of past uh, tense there. It, well, it's still posted in the chat. Ooh, sorry, I mean, when you say... Oh, oh, like oh a... about it looking like it might be a fun puzzle game? Yeah, so um, I did not think it was a very fun puzzle game, personally. <laughs> wow. Uh, I thought that it was a little bit slow, a little bit too intentionally atmospheric, and um, 
I, I don't know. I, I didn't like the puzzles very much, but I think I was in a bad headspace to play this game. I should, I should start off by saying, I think that I was in the wrong headspace. <clears throat> Fascinating. I mean, no, I, I think this is a really think? curious sort of a thing to kind of run down because I could definitely see everyone feeling that way. I'm not just saying that they would, but like this game really brought up to me the concept of like, would this have been better as a walking simulator? Like with so much atmosphere and, and you're walking through all these vignettes, like would it have been better if it had just been that? I don't know if it would have been satisfying to just walk through these experiences or maybe they could have made more because they weren't puzzles or whatever. But it does kind of like I, I did get the sense in some cases, especially as I'm just like trying to wrap my small monkey brain around the puzzles <laughs> that I was like, huh, I wish I could just experience this. Um, but I'm curious if anyone else found that or if they just think we're totally off base. I tend to think that the puzzles were actually really well thought out. I, I was in a good headspace to play this game. I guess I'll make <laughs> that caveat. But I don't think this game would have been as effective as a walking simulator just because the substance of the story is very... It's a celebration of childhood. And I don't think by just having the scene of these kids being in a museum or playing video games together or watching movies together, celebrating their friendship together. I don't think that would have been as effective if it wasn't put in a puzzle atmosphere where the two kids need to work together to make their way to the end of each puzzle because it kind of helped with the harmony between, between the two of them representing the friendship of them. And so I think representing it in these puzzles was actually a very beautiful thing. Yeah, that was something that I kept uh, thinking about was, I, I really liked the game, um, but I kept thinking like what, you know, they're doing these puzzles with this like kind of fantastical uh, landscape. And obviously it's kind of, you know, taking place in their imagination. But I wonder like what, this would have looked like in reality like what they were doing how that would have looked to an outside observer mm. like just the classic like what does imagination look like from the outside yeah got, they're sitting in boxes and they're trying to pretend the rocket ships are some nonsense like this exactly so i feel like the end actually does a really cool job of trying to sort of hint at that where it then pulls out to the title screen and you can see little hints at these levels that you've seen before like you can see the sewer and you can see their treehouse and you can see some of those pieces like it kind of like just hints at that concept a little bit um yeah i thought it was it was kind of about them reminiscing about you know because the one kid's movie spoiler alert the one kid's moving away and then the other is very sad all right, I'm out. Um, I can't believe we just did that. Just drop spoilers. <laughs> <in this class. laughs> yeah, who would drop spoilers in a, what a, what amounts to a book club for games? Yeah, we, we have to discuss the games screeching every time we would say a spoiler. That's yeah, how I'll it works. That out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I thought it was basically these two kids um, kind of reliving some fond memories um, in the treehouse before one of them has to move move away the next day. Um, so it's just kind of walking through their memories and the forward backwards playing things back and over again and things like that kind of fits in with that sort of. Huh. Yeah. Um, although I do, I am kind of with McCoy in that I feel like the puzzles were, the puzzles were okay, but some of them started to make me feel a little bit like, um, 
it felt almost like a, not a walking simulator, but what, what are the uh, point-and-click games where it, you're just kind of rubbing things against every other thing because it's not clear what action um, will happen, what will happen um, from having done a certain action. Like, I spent five minutes yeah. on, I think it was maybe the very last puzzle of the game, where you just have to notice that a block is just standing on a hose. And because this hose has no relation to the ball. Oh but, my god, I right. hated that entire right. level. <laughs> Yeah, like the, and the lightning the last bolts level, too. Like fuck those. The lightning bolts were the most frustrating thing to me because the game mechanic is figure out where you need to stand still, which was never explained or utilized in the entire game up to that point. They kind of do use that like the the droplets computing circuits, you have to do that. Yeah, but that's like playing it between, like, you can actually see it happen and, like, yeah. a little bit. I, I feel like it, it was, like, an entirely different way of using it, which was super unclear. Yeah, you had to get the cord, like, right in the exact spot for the lightning to, you know, in pause yeah, and time. Yeah, it had get to it spread, over. too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it wasn't a puzzle. It was just rubbing things against each other until something stuck. Well, what's like, interesting yeah. is that, so Gabe and I played maybe half of it or something like that uh yesterday and i played some more this morning and then in, in order to make sure that i had seen it all by the the podcast i watched like a playthrough for the last bit and watching a playthrough of this game is kind of why like i did get to in a sense see it as a walking simulator and not see it as a puzzle game and in mm. that scenario uh the ending level was absolutely awesome like it was such a treat um because the person knew what the fuck to do um and they just walked <laughs> through it and because it wasn't even like them trying to figure it out like they just knew and so they played it hella elegantly just very like you know right just smoothly and you got to just look around at the scenery and um it was interesting it was just interesting to to, to contrast that with my previous you know half the game where i'd played it and you definitely are more immersed to some degree if you're playing it but also you're trying to like solve some things that have weird perspective stuff that's kind of tripping you out or whatever and it's kind of at least for me detracting a little bit from sort of the experience of it yeah, it's like, so to me, a good puzzle game, um, like kind of what a lot of good puzzle games do, I should say, is they will introduce a mechanic in a way that's like really obvious to see. Um, sometimes they'll have it happen in the background or something so you can see, oh, when, or, or they'll like make you do it. Like, oh, when these blocks land on these levers, like this is a thing that happens. And you can see very clearly what the impact of that action is. Um, and then they will slowly start to layer on more pieces to this until it's a like a proper puzzle and you have to actually think through it. And this game did that to some degree, um, but it just like decided to skip the learning phase for a couple of mechanics um, and like skip the the signaling phase for some things where it's like the lightning bolts, you can't actually see what you're supposed to see um, until you have like already guessed it. Uh, so it's, you don't get that learning, you just get to like, oh, okay, I guess I rubbed the right thing against the, the right other thing, cool. I guess I stood still here for the right amount of time. So I'm just curious, so as someone who's sort of maybe now on the similar pedestal that people with uh, the original game, uh, Starseed Pilgrim were, you know, about how it's the, secretly like <laughs> the most best thing ever and everyone else is just trying to tear it down, like... Did you struggle with the puzzles at all, or was it just easier for you? Or? Uh, I struggled on some. Um, there were definitely a couple puzzles where I was literally going forward and backward and forward and backward, like 
probably about 20 or so times. A lot of the learning I did was, um, well, not a lot, but some of the learning I did was actually on accident. So with the lightning, I actually did that because I picked up my phone to answer a text message and therefore stopped moving. And then next thing I know, things <laughs> oh are my shaking. God. And I'm like, oh, that's the thing. Okay. Oh <laughs> like... Like, that is the exact exact wrong way for a puzzle game exactly. to go. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, um... Oh, I solved the puzzle But by it made your experience better. Yeah, well, and also with the, with the moving thing, so you know at the end of, like, each set of three or set of two levels, there's, like, a scene that plays yeah. out. Within that yeah. scene, actually, I was noticing going forward and backward, there's a little element in that scene that will start to vibrate. And so I also paused when that element was vibrating to see if it would keep vibrating and it would get you an achievement and something else would happen within the scene if you paused really? it on that thing. So I knew there was that kind of element to it. I'm just saying I discovered the lightning on a complete accident, which, but like, yeah, that's the thing. Like it was a, that's the game was a lot of trial and error. And I think one of the things I found to be a little disruptive was you're, you're playing this game to this very beautiful, calm, serene soundtrack where I was playing it with my mom in the room and she was just like, God, I'm about to fall asleep. Like, this is like spa music right here. <laughs> and um, <laughs> when you have the boy uh, tag the one column to reverse and go forward a different element of the scene and how there's this like, like noise that goes with it um disrupting the music every time you have to keep on triggering it to go forward and backward on something like that was a little bit disruptive to me um yeah i could see that yeah did your mom just like shoot up just like what the <laughs> <laughs> no not exactly but it was it was just it did disrupt the experience a bit and i agree some some of the mechanics of that game were a little hard to grasp um, I think the one I struggled with understanding the most was actually the um, the clouds. Like, it took me a while to figure out that, oh, mm. when you have the orb, the cloud disappears. When you don't have the orb, the clouds are there. Just because I think the first time those clouds appear, you're just kind of walking along and they appear and disappear. So I thought they were on timers to begin with. But, um, huh. yeah, that's not the case. <clears throat> Yeah, and that's sort of around the time when it introduces this concept that was so backwards to me. It's not, this is like nothing to do with the game's like fault. It was just, it was backwards to me personally. But it's like you want to extinguish the light as you step forward through so that you can use a cloud properly. Like that just felt so counterintuitive to me. I was like, could, did not want to give up my light. And I was like, can't you just walk this to the end? Come on. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I did like the yeah. manipulation of objects that you could do that didn't involve interactivity, but did involve you going back and forth. It took me a while to understand that. Like, I think there's one where there's like a saw that's like sawing into mm. a plank of wood. Oh, yeah. I thought And that cool. yeah, it was cool that when you go forward and backward, you realize that the saw is slowly getting through the wood and it will eventually break. And meanwhile, I thought I had to restart the level because I like did something wrong previously. Yeah. Is there, is there a level restart button? I don't no, think which is why, what kind of clued me in to the fact <clears throat> that like, okay, they've probably foolproof these where if you find yourself self stuck in an area, you can get yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's only really progress, I guess. 
There's a yeah. interesting thing about that particular puzzle, right? So in the, I think the previous level, there's like a place where the, the, the boy ends up um, pressing a, a remote and you can see these like little flashies as he's holding down the button on the remote because you're standing in the right place. Like you get to see this effect, this particular visual effect uh, as he's doing it. And that same effect plays on the saw. Um, and I think that's because these are effects that I think it was trying to have this uh, signal that these effects were permanent. They would maintain themselves whether you move forward or back afterwards. And I was like, okay, cool. So that's how they're teaching you that. They first have one where it's like kind of obvious what to do, and then later when you're stepping on the saw, it's supposed to you're supposed to notice those again, which I also didn't at first. Um, but it's like, okay, so that's how they're teaching you that. But then later, they just don't use that again. I mean, they do in a couple places, but they use it really inconsistently. Like on the um, the part where you are tapping in numbers on a number pad, right? Um, that one, they don't use those flashes at all. Like it's That's obvious true, enough yeah. in that place, but if you're going to use a visual signifier like that, use it consistently. I thought I that that was a problem. Like in general, the problem that I had with this game was signaling what's going to happen or what is happening. I could, I could definitely see that. There is something to be said about trial and error in a sort of game about children just trying to figure out this weird world. I don't know. Like, it's to some degree, it it kind of fit. I, I mean, it definitely was frustrating for me, but I... I <laughs> what? Is, is, what? Is, your, think, is your back sore from all that stretching, McCoy? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's actually not sore. It's much more relaxed now. Oh, it cool. was the yoga that I needed um, for this particular conversation. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay, but this sort of brings up a point that I was trying to think about was this game is so clear that the like the power of aesthetic, right? The power of what the game looks like and what it conveys visually. Um, just because like, you know, if you ever sit there and you think like, oh, I should make a game, right? Like you solo, like Adam, oh, I'm Adam. I should make a game or I'm McCoy, I should make a game. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but like that's this dream that I think is constantly like essentially just given out to people. Like you could do this, man. But if you're not an artist, you, unless you can pay for one, you can't. Like the, it just shows you like if you took this game and you took out the aesthetic of it, you took out the story elements that are given through the environment and you just put a sort of bland coloring or whatever skin on it like we would not be excited and we never would have picked it up like there's so, no uh, way next week we're going to be playing dwarf fortress oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> i don't actually get to choose so you're, you're just fed from that for another week but um graphics are not necessary uh and notably i'm using okay so important distinction we should probably have in our heads when we're talking about this there's a dis distinction between graphics and aesthetics um, graphics is kind of more the technical side of things. Like you noticed that the lantern, um, was kind of a wireframe and they were using some interesting graphics to make that happen because you're tracing around the outside edge of an actual lantern object to make that work. Um, and the things where you had, you they had like a window and you could see through the window, but there was nothing on the other side. If you like walked behind it, um, those are all kind of graphical techniques, but aesthetics are what they did with it. They made these really cool worlds with it. Right. Um, so yeah, I think you can make good games without having art and without having like high tech graphics. No, you totally can, but can they succeed is the question. 
And I, I'm not sure if they can, to be honest. I mean, it depends on obviously, right? It's all uh, relative what your definition of success is. But I just think of like, we would never have chosen this game if this looked like Dwarf Fortress. Right? So you know what's a good example of a game that didn't have an artist on staff? Starcy Gardens. Dota Auto Chess? No, no, not Dota. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> the first game. The fucking, the first one that we played. Starcy Pilgrim. Pilgrim. Which they did I not think, have an artist. I think McCoy is going to argue that that game was not a success. <laughs> I I say I would agree. The, the developer you know, celebrated when he got over 200 downloads of the game. I don't think. I think we yeah. helped with that. <laughs> yeah, we did. yeah, it was all us. If you could kick us back some, that'd be legit. Anyways. Um. <laughs> no, we helped with that by adding four or five or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if both you, McCoy, and Gabe bought it. If you think I bought that piece of shit. One thing that I wanted to touch on, uh, which I, I feel like you kind of started, um, which I, I, I think might be part of the reason that you got frustrated with it, is what I want to call the iteration loop or the iteration time period of the game, like trying uh, a, a strategy to, to complete a puzzle takes too long, in my opinion, in this game. Yeah, absolutely like, agree. Like walking back and forth between two things that you have to like configure takes so long that it's that like what I would do is just like, go all the way to the end and then think about all of the things that I was able to do on the way to the end of where I was able to get to. And then just hope that I had figured it out correctly and go back and then do it so that I wouldn't have to try again. Yeah. Cause it took too long. <laughs> on one of the puzzles, I actually timed the amount of time that I was just walking in a direction. Um, and it took me, I think uh, 15 seconds to, to just get from one place to another with, with no thinking involved because I had already solved the puzzle or something like that. Um, which is a, quite, a, quite a long time um, in, in, as far as a game is concerned to ask the player to not give any input um, or, or pay attention. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, again, is like looking at the playthrough of it where the person knew what they were doing. It's like a lot of the puzzles were actually very localized. Like it was almost like you were just stepping forward and you would step forward, uh, you know, 15 steps or whatever. And then you would have a puzzle that you go back and forth a little, but you wouldn't have to move very far. So like the actual solution was rather elegant. But when you don't know that that's the solution and you don't know that the bounds of that problem are actually quite small and right in front of you, you, you do find yourself just like constantly going back and forth to try to see like, well, maybe I did miss something further on and, and maybe I do need to go back for this and typically you don't need to go back that far or you don't need to go forward that far but you don't know that so you have to look around and see right which i mean it that that specific thing just frustrated me continuously throughout my playthrough because um because i was just like come on let's get to a puzzle let's not like i don't want to i don't want to have to walk around a rock. I just want to do a puzzle. Yeah. Um, 
This, so, this being said, oh no, sorry, you got something, go ahead. Here's a question I have for you, McCoy. Um, so you're saying that you don't think the games can, well, first, what is your definition of success when you say that a game can't I'm talking about without... specifically commercial success. And I don't mean that in like an over-the-top way, although you could, but I just mean like if you wanted to make it and have other people be interested in it, pay for it, potentially pay back what you ma- did to make it. Yeah, I guess it's definitely a matter of... of um, like commercial success because it's a large part of marketing is being able to show someone something. Um, and you know, you, you have to be able to grab someone with the trailer or you have to be able to grab someone with, um, just images that you have press images and boy, you super cannot do that with, with Dwarf Fortress. Um, but I don't think that that to me, that's not important if we're discussing whether or not a game is good. Um, well, it, well, it's an aspect of it, right? It's not the deciding factor. Like, it, it's not that a game can't be good without graphics, um, but that a graphics can make a game, they can enhance it. I, and I think this is a classic example of a game that it was greatly enhanced by its graphic. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I might yeah, sit, put that another way. I think this game, almost its only merits are its graphics, which were yes. fantastic. Um, I would agree with you, though. Then that's sort of where I brought up this whole conversation is I think that for the most part, that was what sold us. And I think, I actually don't even think in that sense it was false goods. I actually really appreciated the story that they were trying to do, uh, that they were trying to tell and, and the way that they told it. Um, and so, in a way, I suffered through the puzzles in order to see more of that, almost. That's maybe a little harsh, but but yeah. So, to me, it's important that each part of, of a game or an experience in general kind of support all the other parts to it rather than getting in the way. And I felt that the puzzles were getting in the way of the graphics, and in some way, and the graphics weren't really doing anything to inform or enhance the puzzles. They were actually getting in the way of the puzzles often because, like, things would be obscured, or because it looked better one way, you you couldn't clearly show um, what was going to happen and X and Y and uh, type of thing, right? Um, so I thought that it was the game was almost like fighting itself, um, and it would have been better if it had reconsidered a lot of what it was doing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do definitely agree with that. I, I do think it's interesting, though, from coming from someone who says that graphics don't matter. It's like, to me, I think as a, a slightly more, I don't know, more traditional, a little bit less hardcore, like indie gamer, I always think that these indie games are fighting themselves with having graphics that are that primitive. Um, I think that is one component that, in a sense, detracts from them. Uh so it's it's sort of I think both sides of that uh, to me at least. I guess for me, um, graphics. I should say again the distinction between graphics and aesthetics. I've been messing that up, um, but uh, gra- good graphics are not necessary for good aesthetics. I can give you a number mm-hmm. of good examples there. Um, you don't really need like high tech rendering stuff to make a game look cool. Uh, I guess well. Antichamber is a bad example because it looks simple, but it, boy, howdy, it is not. Um, but that's a great instance where the visuals interact really strongly with the gameplay. Um, Antichamber is great. That's a game I've never played. Maybe I'll make you guys play Antichamber sometime. There are too many games out nowadays. People should stop making games until we can catch up. I know. And now we've got Unity, so everyone's making a game. So enjoy yeah. that. <laughs> um, but uh, shoot, where was I going with that? I guess this is why I'm ranked bottom, huh? Oh, no. Oh, God. It comes back. I don't know, man. If it makes you feel better, I put you all at number one. Um, let's so we're all see. last, wanna, is what you're saying. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's see. Um, you know what? Just a really weird side point. I am so thankful for this game that it did not go crazy with its narrative and with the story that it was trying to tell. Like, it, at any point in time, especially when it started to rain, I was like, okay, who dies? Which one of you yeah. dies? Show me first. <laughs> Raise your hand. Like, who's going to get bridged could, to Terabithian? That, that's yes, what I yeah, was worried about. I saw the sewer pipes and I was like, oh, God, one of these kids is drowning. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't do that. They instead, like, stood fast with the idea that we are going to show the, like, the sort of heartbreak of moving away. And that's a sad enough story and a sad enough experience to, to, to really roll with. And I was so thankful for that. Yeah. I, um, I also noted that I, w- I was happy that uh, there was no fucking and there was no killing, which, like, I think a lot of people think that you need to have, like, weird high stakes like that for something to work, and it super doesn't. You can have nice, innocent things like this and have it still be a good story. Yes. I was like, okay, at what point in time are they going to kiss each other or something? You know, I'm just like, you know, it's like going to happen. Like, totally. That's the fucking that you're referring Especially to. Especially since they looked like they were about 18. Seriously? I thought they were like... <laughs> How old do you think Look, at, look at their freaking faces. You think yeah, you look at the man. Boy is their overalls. faces look... Their faces look way older than their bodies. Oh my it's god, weird. James. I just want to like, tell you that you should be very careful when dating. <laughs> I no, think- no, no, no. They just like... They look strange to me, like the faces. Maybe it's, I don't know. I mean, this game Maybe was apparently eyes. made in Australia, which is weird to me. I didn't notice that until um, the credits rolled and it says that the Australian government helped with it somehow. I don't know how that was involved. <laughs> uh, the Australian government helped because whenever when uh, uh, startup companies raise seed money, the Australian government like matches it. Huh. Uh, to keep them from going to San Francisco. Interesting. That's a bad place to move <laughs> for a startup company. Yeah. Yeah, it's good and bad. But, there's tons of talent here, but there's also tons of cost. So it's just like you better better succeed or you're done. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. As somebody who's like growing up. Like my dad, are we going to extrapolate on that point? Because I realize I'm just kind of going back to the whole narrative part of the story. No, do. But like as somebody who growing up, like my dad moved us every three to four years. So like concept of moving and moving away from friends and the heartbreak involved with that is like this story really like was very poignant with me because of that. Just because I did understand that. Whereas you look at you look can look at that situation now as an adult and be like, oh yeah, it's no big deal. You'll find other friends. You'll have other experiences. But like as a kid, you have to realize how heartbreaking that alone is. And I think McCoy brought up a good point in that. Just like I was also glad that that's all the story was was just a kid moving away from his best friend. And it's good that the story just let it lie that that is the that is the quote unquote sad part of this game is just that they are now separated and it didn't have to be some tragedy that happened that made them separate it was just simply one had to move um 
And I just want to make that common just because it, yeah. it was very, it was very effective for me with that story. And I'm glad that's all it was. Yeah, I, I, I feel similar about that. I also had to move a lot when I was growing up and I've only recently now come back into contact with some of those older friends. Um, and there's just a weird experience that's deep within your human nature. It's like you, when you see them again, you're like, oh shit, I know that dude. Like in a real way, like in a serious way, we know each other. And like that sort of speaks to that really powerful bond you can make when you're a kid and just how powerful that experience can be. Um, when, you know, when you're a kid, your experience is so, so small, I guess, in terms of uh, like radius almost. Like you care about your house, you care about your things, but you don't, you're not caring about the world. You're just caring about what's in your small world right there. And when that gets shook up with the move, it it's, can be devastating. Um, yeah, so I, I, I totally also agree back just saying that, yeah, like that I think was plenty for this story to do. And I am just thankful that they didn't need, feel the need to go insane at some point and have just something way bigger going on. You know, it could have easily been like, I mean, I don't know. There's all sorts of nonsense it could have been. And I'm just thankful it wasn't all that. It's a really good point. I wish in like the the intermediate scenes where it's just that like little moment in time i sometimes i don't know if i wish that those scenes maybe were longer or if something more happened in those scenes like i kind of wish that the friendship and those memories were fleshed out a little bit more than yeah why didn't they fuck (laughs) (laughs) or kill someone yeah (laughs) Yeah, where was the murder no no Um, i totally i wish that those little transition scenes either didn't require you to push the you know the forward arrow at all or that they required you to push it the entire time uh maybe that's the symbolism involved with they bothered me really you have to you have to go forward um (laughs) because it would like seamlessly transition from almost no movement to no movement and then it would just stay there and i was like what what's going on and then so i in the end i just like held down the forward key when that thing when they got started i don't know like the whole an aspect of the minimalist concept of the game where it like doesn't tell you little things like now is the time to push the button uh, to continue the the game just really bothered me when playing through this game and and I think this is going back to the I was in the wrong headspace um, because that sort of thing usually doesn't bother me, but the way that it happened here and, and where I was, I, I was just like, ugh, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that they could have, um, well, they, they could have, but there's a real clear design choice here. Like, right, they could have been more explicit. But because they have, I don't know, it's like I go back and forth on this because I think at some points it definitely frustrated me too. But like in that instance, you know, like for the cutscene sort of weird experiential thing in between levels, like, there are only what like three inputs it's like left right and 
like A or something. Technically, so, you can W and S too, which I wanted to comment on there, but I'll get back to that. Oh, hmm. What does the what does that do? Well, I guess we're gonna do this now. Okay. Um. So like <laughs> right curious. at the beginning, they just show you a silhouette of four keys arranged like WASD or arranged like the arrow keys, um, and then the space bar. Like they just kind of flash that on the screen for you. That's their entire tutorial, pretty much. Um. And uh, not tutorial, but the entire like what buttons to press explanation. Um, and I, they're unlabeled too. And I was looking at that and I was like, huh. So if someone hasn't played a first person shooter or hasn't played a game where you move with WASD, um, I guess they look kind of like the arrow keys. So maybe people would pick up on that, but I'm curious if there are people who wouldn't, um, because of their lack of games literacy. Obviously, I don't think any of us can speak to that. Like we don't have people who are game illiterate. Um, amongst us. Um, it's but, an intentional choice. <laughs> but this is the kind of game... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess it, it'd be hard to bring an illiterate, an illiterate person to a book club, wouldn't it? Let's it let's have uh, Anna sh- drop by next week. Even Anna knows laws, I think. Having not played the game. I, I, think, yeah. I think that kind of key setup, though, is a pretty universally understood... I don't know. I had my gaming illiterate mom play a couple minutes of it and she knew what it meant okay um that's yeah that that's fine like I, I i don't know what is and isn't a problem with this because i've known how to game for so long um but it, like when i see a game like this if it was like doom or something like that i'd be like okay yeah people who are self-selecting into this game know what wasd is um but a game like this is a game that pretty much anyone should be able to get to without having had any prior experience with the games necessarily um and so i was just noting that as a as an interesting choice and i was curious to see if you guys thought that it could also be a problem but i guess yeah i also think that if and i don't know if this is actually true maybe this is just like a sort of worldview that i have of like you know people who play on keyboards being a little more like savvy but i i played on a controller and in that case it's way more apparent of what it is like in that case it's obviously one of the, the thumbsticks and you can't mistake it. Yeah, it so. was really just like left or right, and then the X button. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, up and down do shift the camera ever so slightly up and down. Fair. That's, I don't. I well, don't really know why really they put useful. that in there, except so that they could have <laughs> the up and down key appear as instructions and have it parsable without having those just do nothing. Like that's the best explanation I have for why they included it because it literally does nothing for you at any point. I mean, looking around is nice. It doesn't. It doesn't move it enough to let you look around. Yeah. It shifts Great. it maybe two degrees. Yeah. That sounds like maybe it was like something that they left in from a previous build. Maybe the perspective is such a big part of this, which they also kind of misuse. Are you getting the sense that maybe I didn't like this game very much? Um, no, it makes I like. Yeah, oh. no, I'm getting that sense. Weirdly, I did enjoy it in a lot of places. It's just that a, a lot of the problems are really easy to see, and I am annoyed by them. I don't know. Um, but like the the one puzzle where you have the the moon and or the star or whatever it is, and you have to arrange things um, to make that work. I was trying to like arrange the star so that it would line up with the lantern, but your perspective shifts every time right. you press the buttons. So you have no idea where the star is going to end up. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. bothered me. That was my most yeah. frustrating level as well. Yeah, that was tough. 
Yeah, it just goes it, back. And it wasn't it wasn't tough it. because it was like a complicated puzzle. It was tough because you just had to try every possible like positioning of the star until it worked. And they right? do try to ameliorate some <clears throat> of this. Like I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but um, as you're going forward and back, and particularly uh, in some of the like freezing the world around you forward and back sections, things would snap to particular locations. So like when you let go of those weird pillars, um, things would like shift slightly to end up in, in a, one of several discrete positions, um, yep. which made it, you know, possible. Um, yeah. But yep. it wasn't quite enough. Like they did well, make it, some attempts. There yeah, were, and they hide but, that though, like a lot. Like the only way that I really picked up on that was that I was trying to arrange the world in a way that it would not allow to be arranged. And I just <laughs> kept moving it like, okay, now it's going to line up. Okay, now it's going to line up. And I'm like using other things in the environment. Okay, so I'm going to be like two inches past this tree. And then I'm going to maybe like draw a line in my head up to this thing. And I think that'll be good. And it just kept being a little off the place I wanted to because it was locking into a grid. But I didn't, it took me like until that moment before I was like, oh, okay. So this is actually impossible. Um, yeah, Oof. I hit one of those as well. <laughs> <clears throat> I do. Um, I do want to go yeah. back though, just really quickly to the concept of these little like stories in between, because I actually think that would have been, had they been longer, I think that would have been a really great opportunity to, like, add more exposition, but also add more reward for solving the puzzle. Like, it could have been really awesome if if those were more fleshed out. In my opinion, um, it's not that I like didn't like them. I actually really liked them, but just if they were longer, I think it could have been an, a really cool break of pace that, that sort of dives you into their, their world in a more, uh, less abstract way. Um, in those instances, I don't know if anyone else thought similar, but I, I was, I just thought like, this would be a great place for some exposition or some like a long form. What if it was like, that's where the walking simulator comes in and there's like 15, 30 seconds of just, you can walk through the museum or something like that. And then eventually they go underneath the, the um the velvet tape or whatever yeah that's i i think i would have liked that hmm. a good idea a good idea <laughs> I'll, yeah I'll, I'll hit him up uh <laughs> i don't know i don't know, I, I don't know if that would have worked just because like the the levels themselves were kind of the abstracted version of the memories that you're kind of li living through and you know they all contain elements of the memory that you see at the end um, it's all the pieces, all the little models and, and, and the end thing are just like jammed into these rocks. Um, so like as you're playing the levels, you're kind of retrieving these memories, you're living through these memories. And at the end you get to just see as an observer what the levels were. So I think if the, if the, if that part was interactive at all, I think it would kind of have taken away from it in some ways. It would have made it less clear. This is why you're last on the tier list. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Ouch. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I need, you guys got to ask Matt how I can get my Matt ranking up. Yeah, I know. He, you know, By the way, he loves games for their aesthetics uh, and graphics, so uh, deal with that. Oh, well, um, never mind. I no longer care about the Matt ranking. Ooh. <laughs> just make your own ranking. And it's just Matt's out of Matt, and you just like, put him last. Um, <laughs> tier lists out of that I care about. Uh, <laughs> I rank Matt, zero Matt's out of Matt. Like, yes. What is it? What? 
<laughs> Did anyone else get like a really weird like portal vibe from those cubes? Like especially when they showed up in like the paintings uh, or like the drawings, it was like it was like this weird like sci-fi narrative that just kept coming up in the back of my head of like maybe these cubes are their only friends. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like companion cubes. I don't know why, but I just like kept seeing that like wow, they're drawing pictures of these companion cubes. Like these guys are in deep. Like what's going on here? Interesting. No, I never I never made that connection. I remember Probably not real. getting a portal vibe, uh, but it wasn't because of the cubes. But I don't recall what moment it was that I was just like, oh, this is slightly like portal. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. Anything else? Anything that someone's got on a list somewhere or someone's got on the top of a head that they feel like we got to <clears> do it? I mean, what about the music? What about the 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 sound what did people think i liked I it it was very uh fitting um kind of just for the vibe of the game and kind of like relaxing so that you didn't have to i don't feel stressed by these weird little puzzles but i'm not sure if that actually worked as what i'm hearing from everybody <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I feel like Gabe and I are in this weird camp where we've been silent for most of the time while you guys are hating on this game, just kind of like, well, I just kind of liked it, so... <laughs> tell, us, tell us more a little bit about, um, I, I guess, why were you not frustrated by the things that frustrated us? I'm curious. Um, I, I was definitely frustrated by a few things. Like, I, I did get that... Um, Okay, I, I felt both ways about the like having to pause and stand around. I thought that was a cool kind of little mechanic that they threw in, but I did think there were some moments where it was kind of like, it, uh, I don't know how to say it, but it was very um, kind of just like throwing all up in the air because it was a lot of cases of, um, you know, kind of the set puzzle that you're walking along and you can figure these out and it's just like moving forward. But then they would throw in these random bits of, oh, you have to stand here to solve the puzzle. And then when you had to like kind of figure out what you're doing wrong and then realize you did have to stand there. Um, it, it, it was kind of jarring in that sense. And I agree with both the sides of what I'm hearing here from people who liked it and did not like it. If you had to settle, I guess we'll get this to the, at the end, but if you had to say like, yo, I liked this or yo, I didn't, where would you land? I would say I liked it. Uh, the puzzles were hit or miss for me. Um, but I did overall like the kind of the vibe, the storytelling and the feel of the game. Yes, for me, um, it's hard to give it a boolean I, because so like, as a puzzle game, I think it fails um, just because there was a lot of they they telegraphed badly. They they didn't teach the player well. In in I think at least three or five three out of five cases here, um, there's a lot of times where we were all getting kind of frustrated with these things, and it wasn't because it was a hard puzzle to solve. It was because we didn't have all the puzzle pieces in front of us, so to speak. Um, and they would often do things where they would like show you a cool kind of mechanic, but then do nothing with it and move on. Um, 
and other places where they would mutate the mechanics in ways that were unrecognizable and, and thus appear as new mechanics with no training to them. So as a puzzle game, I don't think it did a great job, but um, as a experience, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm like annoyed at having had to play this. Um, I really enjoyed looking at the kind of interactive art thing that they had going on there. I liked all the all the little islands that they had, and the soundscape was pleasant enough, and all the animations were fun. Um, the story was nice and, and pleasant. Uh, they did a lot of things right, um, just from like a mechanical, like how do you make a puzzle game standpoint, I think it failed. See, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, and I totally, uh, I, I get why you feel like that. Zoe, what about you? Um, I'm in the camp. So if we're going to go like by McCoy's like thumbs up, double thumbs up system, I think I would give it a thumbs up. Um, I will just say like, I think a lot of aspects about the puzzle games, like the way that this game approached the puzzles was a lot of like how my own brain thinks of puzzles. Um, I was able to connect a lot of things um, by observing my surroundings and being able to connect these things and then um, proceed with the puzzle. Like we were talking about the um, the digit code that you have to walk across the peak keypad with. Um, like to me, I just like walked forward, saw those numbers and I was like, oh, okay, that's clearly a code. Oh, they're stepping on numbers here. I've got to do it in that pattern. So, like, I think, like, I just, my brain has a knack for those kinds of puzzles and um, associating, like, environmental clues with the actual task in front of me. So I found it enjoyable. I do agree. I think their use of shifting perspective and um, trial and error in that sense of you have to be in a very specific place to proceed i do agree that that was a little frustrating at times just because i would like shift my perspective and be like an inch off and i'm like oh, damn it gotta walk all the way back to where i need to be shift it again go back so i get those grievances um overall though i would say thumbs up it was an enjoyable puzzle experience for me and I would How long did it take you to beat? It took me two hours. You picked your phone up at right. just the right time. <laughs> <laughs> it took me two hours as well. According to So yeah. James, thumbs up, double thumbs up, me, like I don't care, thumbs down, th double thumbs down. What do you think? <clears throat> I would give it a thumbs down, um personally. Uh I I, I felt like a lot of the puzzles were just like walk back, walk forward, walk backwards, walk forward, walk backwards, you're done. Um, some of them were cool. Like I like the one that Zoe just pointed out with the code on the floor. I mean, with the jumping and stuff, I, I really like that use of the mechanics uh, of like going backwards and forwards in time. Um, but I, I don't I don't feel like they utilized it as much or as effectively to create puzzles as say Braid did. Uh, 
I don't know if you guys have played Braid. Um, Real quick, show of hands. I, I've played Braid. Who else has? I have as well. I have. I have not, but I know the premise. I've seen it done. <clears throat> um, so I I don't know. I just I didn't I didn't think the that a lot of the puzzles were very engaging, um, and I did not have an emotional buy-in with the story. Um, but also, I wasn't somebody that moved a lot when I was younger, so. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's that that totally, you know, affects it as well. Adam, you want to go? Uh, I thought I kind of did. I, I gave it basically one thumbs up and one thumbs down. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, if that's allowed, which it is, because I make the rules, I'm king. Um, but, like, yeah, it's... I do want to mention a quick comparison with Braid, though, because um, Braid actually does the, the layering of mechanics really well for a puzzle thing. Because each world you go into, like, the first level is, like, um, the first world introduces you to the mechanic that you see in every other world, but every world also has a slight variation on that, um, or they'll introduce one more thing to it, which you then have to get used to. Um, so they did a really good job of layering and then actually building things out of that. Um, Whereas this game sometimes introduces things too far along where it's difficult to pick up without having been trained on it and other places where it does a cool thing and then never does it again. Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, what about you, McCoy? Yeah, if I had to rate this, I, I, I'm very tempted to split my rating just because I am so split on this game. Like, I feel like the... I feel like my experience through this game was when I started it, I was like, this is going to be freaking sweet. Um, and I think it was for the beginning for me. And then I think in the middle, I started to sort of, I had like the first experience ever of like, wow, I'm going to have to maybe slug through this for the game club sort of thing. Whereas I don't think I've had that experience previously. Um, and well, then you have at it least would once. Uh, no, even then, <laughs> I think I was like, that was like the honeymoon period. I'm like, oh, let's do it. Um, <laughs> No, but I uh, it, I felt like this game kept charming me again the more it, it went on. Um, and then it would sort of lose me again with the puzzle that I was frustrated on. So it was like a kind of like an oscillating cycle like that for me. Um, and then towards the end, when I ended up just watching someone play it who had already solved it, that was like the best part for me. It was joyous. Like just to, just to watch it beautifully unfold in front of you all the way till the end and then roll back to the title screen and watch the the car drive away and it was just like it was uh that that part was i thought was wonderful um so i guess the atmosphere of this game and the experience of this game is definitely like a thumbs up for me the puzzles were like meh i, I think it's kind of how i would say it uh maybe maybe worse than that but i don't think i'm gonna go worse than that so it's kind of a split there uh the actual playing of it was somewhere in the middle of the road but the the dressing around it, which it has an impact and is powerful, uh, was definitely a thumbs up for me. Yeah, I, I guess I should mention I don't mean to discount graphics and aesthetics entirely, because they can like feed into the whole thing very well. Um, but in this case, it's like the gameplay and the aesthetics were kind of irrelevant to each other. Um, 
Not I entirely. disagree with that. Not not entirely. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, <clears> I guess I'll roll that one back. But the just, hmm, what do I want to say there? Sorry, give me a minute. <laughs> I mean, I was just going to say that I think it's classic of someone who analyzes like systems of a game, and I don't just mean you, Adam, but I think you are an example of this to uh, discount the power that sort of graphics and aesthetic together can maybe you wouldn't discount aesthetics but you might discount graphics or i don't know whatever in that breakdown that i clearly don't understand um but uh you know it's just like there there is an emotional impact that a game like this can have um that it would not have been able to have if it had chose a death metal aesthetic for instance uh or graphics or something you know just totally different right like they went for something there and i think that while not necessarily in a most strict sense is the game quote unquote like it is a part of this package and it is powerful um and i think that's something that maybe like people who look at games and systems like discount from a lot of games is they think like well you know the actual game wasn't necessarily as fun but i think there is something that you can truly get that can that can power you and push you forward just from learning about the world or or like, for instance, it's like Tacoma, right? Like, Tacoma, in terms of the gameplay, was rather simplistic, but that really wasn't what was driving it. It was this graphical, atmospheric part of it. Um, so, here's my question, ahead. then, comparing this with Tacoma. So, Tacoma in, used interactivity to drive the like the rest of the package. Like, that, that you were interacting with the world was important. Um, <clears throat> in The Gardens Between... Does it matter? Like, you were saying this almost would have been better. You enjoyed it more when you started just watching it instead of playing it. At that point, why did you make a game, is my question. Why was this a game? That, that's what I mean by, like, the, if the gameplay isn't up to snuff, like, and it, the aesthetics were great. I, I really liked it. The story was good. The aesthetics were good. The, the music was good. Like, all those things worked well. But if the gameplay doesn't fit into that in a meaningful way, um, like the going forward and back thing, I guess it ties into the theme of you're just lip reliving memories. But that's like the best that I can connect those. So why have it be a game? Why have puzzles at all? What purpose does that serve for the package? It's, it's interesting to think, I mean, you know, what, what else would it have been? Maybe like a short video online or something like that? Like, what, what do you, where do you see it better fitting? Sure, yeah. I mean, this could have been a great little animation. I mean, they had all the skills they needed to do something like that. It could have been a short, short animation, short film. There is something about games, though, that I feel like is more, like, has a better ability to wash over you. I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe that exactly, but just that like there is it, it definitely if we could put those side by side, like I think it it is better suited as a game because of there's some sort of contribution that you're having to making it the, the pieces unfold. And maybe that's a more general thing about games as a medium, but I definitely feel that way in that I really do enjoy stories that are done through games even if gameplay is not necessarily like the most important reason or like this is not necessarily like the defining part of it um i don't know like because like for instance i'm thinking about playing this game called uh, night in the woods which i haven't played um <laughs> but the point is that i'm going there not necessarily because the puzzles are going to be sweet but because i think that game has the potential to have 
a great story and a great atmosphere. Um, even like, and not Adam, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, does it necessarily need to be a game? No, but I do think that being a game does add something. I'm not sure if I'm able to articulate it super well, but to me, it definitely does. It's one of my favorite ways to consume stories. Uh, I I absolutely agree that it can in general. And I think this game has some places where it does, but it also has some places where the fact that it's a game ends up fighting the whole experience where you get pulled out of it because you're frustrated by some goddamn puzzle with lightning bolts. Um, so like, I, I think this game could have used its gameplay well, and I don't think it did is kind of my argument. There were some places where it worked, but more places where it didn't. But that doesn't mean it shouldn't be a game. I, I mean, hmm. in my opinion, okay to have different opinions about this it's not it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's i mean we should like, if, if we have different opinions i think agreeing to disagree is something that we kind of should avoid in a lot of ways just because the point of this is to discuss it and and like saying oh we we different opinions let's not talk about it is like eh. yeah but but talking about it and then coming to an agreement are two different things yes yeah definitely right um, I agree with you. We on found that. agreement, so we, we succeeded. <laughs> so we're done. End <laughs> podcast. Craig Lee. Right. No. Craig um, Lee. God, what if you could just say that? <laughs> yeah, that Craig would have left, and it would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'm not necessarily. I, I'm not claiming that this game shouldn't have been a game necessarily. I'm more trying to challenge that. Um, I think that it could kind of go either way. It's impossible to tell without having seen it as like a short film or or as like a like a twine. If you guys have heard of twine games, um, this wouldn't really quite work as that. But it's basically like a choose your own adventure story sort of thing. Um, like this game, I think had some places where the gameplay was holding it back, and they could either have addressed this by making the gameplay uh, fit better with the overall theme or or uh, be less frustrating and kind of get in the way less. Um, they could have improved it and made it fit, um, but they, I think they could also have just made it not a game. Because I don't think that this being a game adds a ton. It adds something, particularly the, that the rewinding and playing back over things uh, fits in with the idea that you're two kids sitting in a treehouse reminiscing about their friendship as it's about to end. You know, this really comes down to, like, do you feel an extra connection to the thing because you pressed that key to move them forward and i would say that i do and it's weird that i do but like to me when they walked forward and they had these joyous animations that's something that would not have come across had it been just a recorded film there was something about having them climb over something or whatever while you're even if you're just holding one button like it's so distilled as a concept but it it definitely did have an extra element as a result of that have you played the game, um, this is a, a slightly facetious note, but have you played the game uh, Super Press Spacebar to Win? No. <laughs> it's an old game on Newgrounds, um, and I think you can kind of guess what the gimmick is from the title. <laughs> Sounds like a clicker. You have missed. Somehow you missed. <laughs> I, think, I think you you press the spacebar and then you win. There, there you go. <laughs> wow. wow. Deep. No, but I'll, I mean, like, fair play. Like, I think that's a meta distillation of something, but 
that is actually more powerful than playing a video of a windscreen. Yeah, for sure. And only slightly, but you only get more and more invested the more you you do it, I I think. Like, but I do agree with you, though, that I definitely have in my notes here, for sure, that I think that the puzzles did at points detract from the experience. And I think that's a super fair point. Um, And I'm with you with that. I just am not necessarily with you on well maybe there isn't I guess you kind of both said both things but like I wouldn't then take it out of the game medium I would then try to improve the gameplay or add more bits and pieces like that to to make it more cohesive rather than take it out of the medium yeah and again I was more trying to challenge the thought that it should be a game or just get rid of all of the standstill puzzles uh quote-unquote puzzles uh, <laughs> and some of them are cool but i mean like most of the last level i feel like would have been better if it you just pushed right and ran through the storm <laughs> most of the last level would have been better if it weren't if yeah if, if it if you didn't need to do anything to win <clears throat> That's something that I think a lot of games do, uh, and this one kind of didn't, where it's weird in a puzzle game to say this, but in a lot of games, um, you'll have kind of a gameplay peak where you've climaxed somewhere it is the most difficult the game's going to be, but it's not, that intentionally does not intersect with the story difficult, or the, the story climax. Um, because during the story climax, they'll actually have a big dip in difficulty, and you'll get to just run through the end of the story in a way that lets you appreciate and experience it, or appreciate and experience a particular climax really well. Um, like, I think there was a section in um, Mass Effect, if you guys have played Mass Effect. Nope. Um, well, um, yes. there is a section at the end of Mass Effect where you drive your... Tr- it's like this big story climax, and you're driving your truck to chase someone down, and there's a big timer on the screen, and there's a bunch of really high-level enemies around you, um, so they make it feel like it's going to be a difficult part, but it's actually just really easy. You kind of drive past all the enemies and you get there with like 30 seconds to spare and it's almost impossible to fail. Um, but it was a story climax and they needed to make sure that you succeeded on your first try because otherwise you would have been frustrated. It would have lost a lot of the punch to it. Um, Definitely. I think a lot of games do lose a lot of that punch by trying to insert not just difficulty, but just like just game. They try to insert game right when the story needs to have the forefront like like i felt i was actually talking to zoe about this uh, in terms of god of war i think god of war inserts a lot of game where that cinematic sort of story is is building in such a powerful way and it really has you and you're like this is epic i cannot believe what's about to go down and then it's like and then you lose and have to do it again yeah or then you lose or then they throw tier one enemies at you or then you realize you should probably turn around and check underneath that bridge for a chest to get upgrade material like like, you know it's all that stuff (laughs) whoa i'm saving my son but hold on a minute let me go check for some gold yeah i'm gonna let you finish but you know it it, but it's just like there there is a beauty to acknowledging there are certain points of a narrative game that you need to just lay off the game and let the narrative play um so God, I thought that was Craig leaving. I was like, oh, well, it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, but that's cool. I mean, so I'm curious, uh, Zoe, 
uh, you said that you thought that the puzzles did not necessarily detract, or like that, or at least that you were glad that they were there. You felt like they added I, some sort of element. Yeah, I to never it. said that I didn't feel like it detracted. I definitely feel like it kind of took you away from the main story and trying to figure it out. I just thought it was just like a nice little, like I don't know. I I I think it did detract from the story a bit, and I do agree. Like with the frustration of trying to figure out a puzzle, it could kind of. It interrupts your immersion into what the game has. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys on that part. I just honestly thought the puzzles were creative, and I liked trying to figure them out. Do you think it's that you're smarter than all of us? Is that possible? Like, is it, are we all just like smashing our heads against this game, and you're just like, this is no, easy? No, but I just will say, like, I like these kinds of puzzles, like. I think just come more easily to me than maybe the average person. And I don't, I like, I know no matter how I phrase it, it's going to sound like I'm going to be like, yes, I'm the smartest person in the world. Don't at me. But like, I don't know. The, these kinds of, <laughs> don't at the, these kinds of, the, these kinds of logic puzzles come more easily to me than I think the average person. So I personally welcomed the challenge. From playing with McCoy, I can assume that you're probably smarter than he is. <laughs> Gabe, if you... Oh, God. This playthrough, I mean, by the way, is going to be titled... So, later in the day, uh, actually t this morning, I looked up the the, less, the rest of the game in a, in a playthrough, and a lot of them were 100% walkthrough, no commentaries. And I was like, cool, that's exactly what I want. Um, but ours is going to be 100% commentary, no walkthrough. Um, <laughs> that's going to be the title. Just because it was such a train wreck of me just being like, I don't know... I don't understand. And Gabe being like, do I have to do everything? All right, hand the control. Come here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, and then we would just maybe talk for McCoy an hour. is just really bad at puzzles. Could be. Yeah. I'm coming to terms with that's what I That's what I started when people were jumping into the Discord this morning. I was like, guys, I, I think I'm coming to the realization that I just don't understand any of this shit and it's a problem. <laughs> but like, for instance, like, you know, these puzzles came more easily to me, but like when we were playing a beginner's guide and just that one door puzzle, I couldn't figure that out, whereas you guys easily did. So I think it's just the different styles of puzzles. These styles of puzzles just come more easily to me. Or, or maybe you just picked your phone up at the right time and, and didn't pick your phone up at the right time in beginner's guide. Maybe, but, but the thing about the beginner's guide, but the thing about the beginner's guide is that it actually requires gameplay to complete the puzzle. How do you? How do you mean? Can you unpack that? So, if if picking your phone up at the right time and not look, doing anything is the way that you solve a uh, puzzle, that's you. You can't accidentally solve the puzzles in, in right. the beginner's guide. Exactly. Yeah. You have to intentionally solve the puzzle. You have to try things and then figure it out. Like, just looking at your phone is not trying a solution. I think <clears throat> I might. It's getting lucky. I think I might go a step further and say that you can actually get quite lucky in Beginner's Guide. Like, if you just happen to turn around, like, there's nothing that. Um, well. That's true, but you still. I mean, but you, you still. It. It was more than just like happening to, happening to stand in the right place. Right. Yes. I guess I'm trying to kind of extend that a little bit and, and say that in, in another dig at, at um, the Garden Between, um, a lot of the puzzles, you didn't find the solution, then implement it. You accidentally encountered the solution 
whether or not it was like solved for you immediately or whether or not it was just like, oh, okay, that piece interacts with that piece um, because I, I just happened to notice it. Um, like, in my opinion, a good puzzle game should have all the pieces laid out for you fairly clearly. Um, and then the actual difficult part is stuff that happens in your head. Um, whereas in this, the difficult part is finding all the pieces and it, rather than putting the pieces together. Which, um, finding all the pieces is largely a matter of luck. Well, I mean, I, I don't think that it's luck in most of the game. I think it's just luck in the last level. This is like just sort of a tangent, but I'm thinking of like this meta question of like, is not moving, like is not gameplay gameplay, like some art debate, <clears throat> you know, like is no painting a painting? Um, like but, in uh, Just Cause 4, where if you just don't play the game, you win after like 10 minutes. What? <laughs> if, yeah. if you start up Just Cause, uh, uh, not Just Cause 4, Far Cry 4. If you okay. start up Far Cry 4 and like apparently i've never played it the bad guy like takes you to this house and is like wait here and if you wait there then you just win when he comes back oh right i remember hearing about that <laughs> what I, I watched the video of it it's like the big bad guy is like putting down some rebellion or something like that and he's you're like a reporter or something like that and he's like oh he's like being like very affable and he's like hey um i really need to go take care of something real quick can you just uh wait here for a bit and then i'll come back and we'll get everything sorted out for you okay and then he leaves, and if you, you know, you go and explore, and you you, you then pick up guns and start killing people ordinarily, because people don't like sitting in the same place for 10 minutes. But if you sit there, he comes back, he's like, ah, sorry, okay, all that's sorted out. Anyway, here's your passport, uh, I'll get you on a plane out of here in, in a jiffy. Thanks. And it's like, credits roll. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> um, so is that a commentary on AAA games solving themselves? Honestly, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, so, Let's end this thing, no? Yeah, no? sure. Yeah, Anyone yeah. else got any? James, you got any last last thoughts there? No. Wow. Okay. Uh, James is Gabe, out of thoughts. What are we playing <laughs> next week? Uh, well, it's not going to be a puzzle game, so you don't have to worry. Okay. <laughs> it's called. Thank you. Counter Strike. <laughs> no. Oh my God. No. Call of never. Duty. No, that's a puzzle game. <laughs> is the puzzle click on their head <laughs> yeah pretty much no i was thinking uh in honor of a game that both zoe and i have played and i guess enjoyed uh oh, let's play oh exactly let's play uh doki doki because then also she can play yes this. oh jeez. <laughs> oh, yes doki All doki right. literature club yeah it's free to oh, play boy. It's free to play, and it's a satirical piece, so hopefully that'll cause you to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Do, yeah. do I need to have literacy in the dating sim genre in order to understand what's going on? Because <laughs> I've never played a dating sim. Honestly, no, not just, really. No. But it just makes me laugh. I think this concept. is one of the kind of game, from what I've heard, just, just go into it blind. Um, yeah. That, from what I've heard, do that. Being a person who can't unread what he's read. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And just obviously we'll talk about this next week, but just if you've already if you already understand about it or if you've already played, you know, just call that out or whatever. It's no big deal. Um but uh Yeah, I think you either need experience in a dating sim or um 
Oh man, that joke's not even funny. We should cut this. I think. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, or actual dating. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say that, and I was like, "That's just fucking mean." What am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> Great choice.